0: You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 17, and today we're talking about all things podcasting, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and thanks so much for tuning in and joining me today for our episode on podcasting. I know, how ironic. You're listening to a podcast and we're talking about podcasting. So let me ask you this. Do you have a podcast or are you holding back because maybe you think podcasting is too saturated? Maybe you hate the sound of your own voice. Maybe you have no idea what to talk about or you don't have enough time well today we're going to cover all of that and more as I chat with Laura Peterson about the benefits of podcasting and how to get organization and efficiency around your podcast so you can get your message out into the earbuds of the people that need to hear your message like I said I'm joined by Laura we're going to have a great chat today we she oh my goodness she just delivers value bomb after value bomb after value Bomb, and even I've listened back to and taken note, taken a ton of notes. She's got some great ideas, and we uh, really, really deep dive into why we believe you should have a podcast and why you should be using it in your business. So let's dive right in and welcome Laura into the Business Lab. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab today. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today about podcasting. Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. For those people that haven't met you before or or haven't come across you online, can you just give us a quick rundown of what it is that you do and the kinds of clients that you work with and what you help them with?
1: Sure. So I always say that I'm a tall teacher turned podcasting entrepreneur. So I uh, used to be a high school math and psychology teacher, but I just fell in love with entrepreneurship, and I've done a couple of different things in my entrepreneurship career. I started as a I had a tutoring and test prep company, and then I got into podcast production, and then we're going to talk a lot about that today, which will be awesome. And then now I primarily help thought leaders who have a business products and services I want to sell more of. And I help them to write a book, launch it as a bestseller on Amazon, and then use it as a tool to get more opportunities for their business, including more podcast interviews and speaking on stage and all the good things. So I, I'm just really a nerd for everything that has to do with business online.
0: Ah, speaking my language. <laughs> I totally love it. All right. So podcasting. Now, yeah. I absolutely love it. Clearly, this is the second show that, mm-hmm. that I've launched. I, if I could just do this all day, every day, have conversations, it, yeah. would make my, it would make me laugh back at my teachers in school when they used to say, Samantha, will you shut up? And I'm like, <laughs> I get to do this every day now. What, can you tell us um, what are the benefits of podcasting for thought leaders, for coaches and yeah. consultants?
1: yeah there are so many benefits, so the first thing that people probably are concerned about is monetization mm-hmm. so there are lots of ways to do that so you could get sponsors you can you know do affiliate marketing so you can refer to other people 's products and then get a a cut of any sales that are made for me i don 't have any sponsors on my show because i i don 't want it to be interrupting the content that i 'm providing the value i 'm giving, but I still see it as a a valuable thing that does make me money but by selling my own products and services. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the angle that I go down is I'm able to promote my free Facebook group. I'm able to give away lead magnets so I get people's email and then I can nurture them and offer them my products and services once they get to know me a little bit more. I can even say, hey guys, I'm running a special, you know, I just launched this new Inner Circle program. If Are you in or out? And it, it is just like my own personal channel to advertise what I'm doing to an audience that obviously cares about the topic, otherwise they wouldn't be listening. So that's kind of my favorite way for people who are thought leaders with businesses is just use it as another media extension to promote your own stuff and make money on the back end.
0: Yeah, totally. And I love that you've brought that up very, very first because I think Mm. that people think about the monetization directly in relation to the podcast and they just Mm -hmm. go down the route of thinking, I, you know, advertisers or sponsors instead of thinking it's actually off to the side and and what's happening i'd know that at one of my events i had joe pardo come and speak about how he created over six figures with his podcast not Mm. one cent of that was actually on his podcast but it was the opportunities that opened up because of the podcast because of the authority positioning because of building your profile Um, yeah love that so there is a lot of podcasts out there i mean if any if I'm a podcast junkie and I'm always hunting through <laughs> iTunes for new podcasts, but there is a lot there. Do you think that the uh, it's like the right time to get going with your podcast or is the, the market too saturated?
1: Yeah, I absolutely think that there is still a lot of space. Um, there's a great stat that Rob Walsh of Libsyn actually shares and I won't do it justice. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but he's uh, the VP of podcaster relations at Libsyn. And Libsyn is the biggest audio host out there. So you do start a podcast, you can upload your audio files there, and then it'll distribute it out to iTunes and Google Play and all the other spots. But he shares this stat where for every one podcast on a topic, there are, and I'm going to say the numbers are wrong, but there's like a thousand blogs on the exact same topic and the stats are even wider for females so if you are a female and you want to stand out in your niche if you're anybody doesn't have to just be a female if you want to stand out in your niche starting a podcast is a great way to differentiate versus everyone else if you just look at it compared to blogs and I would bet that if you said, I'm going to start a really high quality blog, no one would discourage you. So why not start a podcast too? And there's even less competition in that regard. And then the other thing I would say is just, it kind of ties in back to your first question too, of what are the benefits? So for me, I th- I thought of a podcast as, even if I don't get a bunch of listens. So let's say just my family And my few best business friends listen and that's it. There are other benefits I'm getting out of it that still make it a worthwhile pursuit. So, for example, I do half of my episodes or interviews just like this one. And I'm able to connect with the most incredible business people and sit down and have a 45-minute, often sometimes it goes over an hour, conversation around topics that we're both interested in. And that builds so much rapport. I'm able to even pick the brain of people I see as a few steps ahead of me that normally would never have make time to talk with somebody because they're so busy. But you say, hey, I'd love to interview you on my podcast and put you in front of my audience. They're far more receptive, so mm-hmm. I would say that the benefits really stack up, and it makes it worth your time, even though you might be seeing more and more podcasts showing up out there.
0: Yeah, totally. And I didn't know that stat about blogs. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good one to tuck away. I might go have a look at that one, and uh, yeah, get the exact numbers. Very interesting. And I'd like to add to that, I remember listening to um, John Lee Dumas on an episode of Entrepreneur on Fire, like one of his earlier episodes. Mm. And he was, he was saying a lot of people say, oh, you know, I haven't had many downloads. I only got 50 downloads on this episode. It's not worth my while. And he said, so if you got a chance to stand in front of 50 people right now face to face and give them a message, would you do it? And I just really love the way he turned that around because just because we're podcasting, we can't see the people doesn't mean that we're not impacting and getting into the earbuds of a lot of people. And, you know, just imagining those 50 people standing in front of you makes a very big difference. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've never forgotten that. So even when I have an episode, I think, oh, come on, get the slats (laughs) up. And then I think, actually,
1: imagine I was in front of, you know. 500 yeah. people. That would be amazing. Yeah. And this content is evergreen. So it's going to be up forever. And another stat uh, that I'm a little hazy on, I, I'm more into books now. So my podcast stocks are a little bit fuzzy, but they—they they, so, they do research every year to see what percentage of people in different countries are even aware of what the word podcasting is. How many people are listening? How much are they consuming? So each year they come out with this research. And I remember in I think it was 2016, that not even half of the population in the United States even knew what the word podcast was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mean...
0: Opportunity plot. Right?
1: Exactly. So of course, that's higher now. We're recording in 2018. That was just the US, so it's not representative necessarily of every country. But as a whole, if we can say, extrapolating that, that potentially... 40% of the world or maybe more, maybe it's even scaling bigger, maybe 60 or 70% of the world doesn't even know what the term podcasting is. And there are so many more people coming onto mobile and getting onto devices and getting onto the internet globally. I just think there's such a a big opportunity that, you know, it's easy for us to kind of get stuck in our our little time capsule of right now and recently and feel like, oh, well, it's not growing as fast as I want. But we are doing this for the long haul. So get in there now and it's just going to keep on growing and growing and, and start compounding.
0: Absolutely. And I remember Gary Vee saying that, that um, and I don't know where this stat originally came from, but we consume something like 2.3 times more audio per day than video. And, uh, you know, we know okay. that video is like the big thing, right? Instagram TV, you know, IGTVs just come right. out and YouTube is the biggest search engine. And we've got all these stats that video is huge, but we actually listen to more audio or consume more audio than video. And yeah. I know that for a fact, I, I would listen to two hours of audio per day because I always put my earbuds in when I go for a walk or when I'm at the gym and I actually listen to podcasts. So, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people are like that. You, you Generally, if they go for a walk, they're not going to be consuming video, but most people, um, you know, in our
1: space, these thought leaders, coaches and consultants do sure. consume podcast audios. Yeah, definitely. There's more time in everyone's day that you're able to consume audio and a lot of cars are being built. They're having the capability built in to be able to play audio and integrate with Apple's Google or whatever. All the little apps are just automatically. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, it really is a great opportunity. And for me too, I love to multitask all the time. So like while I'm washing the dishes and walking the dog and cleaning or whatever I'm doing day and night around the house, I love to have audio running in the background. So there's a lot of opportunity to capture people's attention. Totally.
0: Now and you and I were having a little chat before we started <laughs> recording and you mentioned something, which is one of the things that held me back from starting my podcast for oh, yeah. probably about 18 months until I got over myself <laughs> was the hatred of a hearing the sound of my own voice mm-hmm. I'm over it now it's completely normal to me now but for people that haven't started a podcast I know that you've got some tips for for this little thing yeah. that holds people back
1: yeah it's so many people say that they don't like the sound of their own voice and they feel like they don't sound good or confident. And I can say I felt the exact same way in the beginning. So I've had my own show now for just over two years. And I can tell you in the beginning, I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I say the word like too much because I'm a Valley girl from Orange County, California. (laughs) And I recognize too that between transitions, I would say the word so all the time. Uh-huh. It, was, it was everywhere. And I thought, wow, I just sound crazy. And just the way that you hear your own voice every day normally is sort of like reverberating through your head. So when you hear it played back into eye buds directly into your ears, it just sounds different. It's kind of the same principle of when you look in the mirror, you're seeing yourself reflected differently than people see you. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's just one of those weird things that it's just your brain playing tricks on you. But the more that you do podcasting, especially if you have your own show and you start editing it yourself in the beginning, which I definitely recommend because you're going to start improving your speaking too, which is another added benefit of a podcast is as you start listening back to your own voice, as you do some basic editing in the beginning, you start to notice ways that you can improve the way that you present things to make it more compelling, more interesting, more clean. And the more you do it, the more you're going to get used to the way that it sounds. And that just like you had that experience, it's just going to, that sort of weirdness is going to fade away. And then you'll be like old oh, pro at it in no time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is such a great
0: tip of actually editing your own episodes. And mm-hmm. that's something that I did. I no longer edit them now, but at the beginning I did. Right. And my word was love. And I you know what? I still <laughs> actually do it. I love that. I love, love that. And, <laughs> that's know, a good I, one. I've just gone Actually, that is my word. I do love life. I do love a lot. So I thought, ah, I'm, I'd, it actually helped me get used to hearing you say that. There but can again, be some acceptance involved. <laughs> but um, I definitely agree that editing your podcast at the beginning is a great way to learn the, mm. the little idiosyncrasies that mm-hmm. you don't even know you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I was terrified of public speaking for many, many, many years. And I've only recently really kind of gotten over the hump for myself and I'm doing speaking all over the world, but I really attribute having my own podcast and then Reaching out to get interviewed on more shows contributed to my ability to speak on stage because you're practicing with your podcast in a more safe, controlled environment. If something doesn't sound right, you can redo it, you can delete it, you can edit it, you can just throw it all away and start over. So it's a great safe space to practice a skill of communicating verbally that has a wide range of application. Totally.
0: Now, you and I both have a podcast, obviously. Mm. you just know that. <laughs> People are listening to mine. <laughs> we both know that it does take up quite a lot of time and I know that yeah. this is another thing that holds people back. I mean, yeah. I've certainly learnt so much about putting systems into place. Can you give us some tips on, mm-hmm. you, you know, organisation around efficiency, mm-hmm. around the things that we can implement to make sure that we can fit this in because I'm sure you know, so many people start their podcast, realize that it does take a lot of time and stop, which I think is a real shame because it's a, yeah. such a fantastic medium. So what are some of the tips that people can think about when they, before they get going, really?
1: Once you kind of understand the, the little techie bits that go into it, you can get the hang of it pretty fast. But like anything, it is work to come up with the ideas, name the episodes, reach out to guests and coordinate all that, publish it, promote it. So it's definitely a time commitment. You need to recognize that before you go in. But some things to make it easier that I do, and I used to do with my clients when I had a podcast production company, include things like or you might think of it as a content calendar. So what I do and I and I use it now with my VA, it's our main way of communicating the status of of different episodes and interviews is I have a color coded system in one column. So if something is in red with a person's name next to it or a solo idea topic because I do solo episodes and then I also do interviews. But if something's in red, it means that it's an idea or I'm talking with the guest but it's not Is not like set in stone yet. If I turn it to orange, then that means that the guest is booked on the calendar, but we haven't recorded it. If it's yellow, I change it because, okay, now it's recorded, it's in the folder, it's ready for you to start editing. And then green once it's been edited, and then we change it to purple once it's live and published. So I've got this kind of color code system that both my VA and I know what it means, and we can kind of keep track of everything really well all in one place. And I also Since I have a background in nerdiness with copywriting, too, (laughs) uh, I name, I title all my episodes because I found that that's been hard for me to outsource and expect someone else to come up with a title the way that I would want it to be done. So after I record an episode... I write my own title and then I put it in this episode list spreadsheet so that my VA knows exactly copy and paste. This is the one that you can use. So that's one thing. I also have Google fold, like folders inside of Google Drive that are very clearly organized and labeled. So after I record an episode, I drop the audio files in there. I drop in any photos that maybe the guests sent that are their headshot. I I put notes into a Document inside the folder for that guest. So if someone, like, you know, their dogs are barking crazy in the background at at 20 minutes in, I put a little note, hey, at 20 minutes, just watch out, please edit that out. Or little notes about they mentioned their book, so let's link it out to Amazon, here's the link, things like that. So I try to streamline the communication so that there's not going to be a lot of back and forth with like emails and text messages and confusion, because if you can eliminate that, Problem right away, that's that's gonna be great. Plus, even if you don't have a VA yet, it's gonna keep you sane now oh, that you've got totally. a process. Yeah. Totally. Like, and then the other thing I will say as well is templated emails I find extremely valuable because every time you have a guest, let's say, you're gonna send essentially the same email to them notifying that it's live. But with some tweaks because you want to put in their special URL. I create custom graphics. So I also link out to those inside of the Google Docs or spreadsheets where they're found. So I definitely customize it, but I don't want to have to be spending the mental energy to start from zero every single time I write this essentially same email. So I have a template that I have saved in my Google Drive and I copy and paste it into the email and then I just update the different items that are specific to that guest. You could also have your VA VA do that. And then I send it off. So I'm all about templatizing your written copy that you're going to do over and over and over again so that you save yourself Garbs of time. <laughs> totally, totally. Um,
0: it's quite interesting because you and I have exactly the same method of doing all of that. Oh, good. I don't have that many colors in my Google spreadsheet. <laughs> so I'm to go back and add colors. <laughs> That's yeah. very impressive. Um, something that I did want to touch on really quickly there is just be really aware of your genius zone. I mm. actually have the girl that does my show notes titles, my podcast episode's so much better than I can. So I'm the opposite of you. She is really good at it. And my episodes never have, (laughs) that. they don't sound as good. Um, And the way she puts the show notes together is so much better than I can do it. So I know that that's not my genius zone where you're really tapping into that and knowing that you are the best person possible to title your episodes. So totally just always be in your genius zone and do the things that you love and hand off the things that you don't. Absolutely. Good point. Love that. So guests, because this is a huge, uh, a huge part of having a podcast. If you're going to have a podcast where you invite guests, which we both do. I love it for the same reason as you do, because it means I get to connect with amazing people that otherwise I would not have met. And Mm -hmm. I learn so much from every guest that I have on the show because they share so much value. It does take a bit of time with connecting what are some mm. ways that we can connect with guests? Because a lot of yeah. time it's people that are not friends or that we don't potentially
1: know. So what are your tips around around that? Yeah, a lot of people that I used to talk with when I did my podcast direction were really nervous about being able to find enough guests who would be willing to come on the show. But I've actually found, for me, quite the opposite. People love being able to have a platform to share what they're working on and you know, just give value to a target audience that aligns with what they're doing. So I think just, first of all, have the mindset around it that you're actually giving value to the guest. You're giving them space to talk. You're putting it out on iTunes and all the audio platforms. You're going to be sharing it on social media, I'm sure. So you are giving value to them. And in exchange, they'll spend time with you sharing their knowledge. So I feel like it's a really fair exchange, especially if you're a professional and you're organized and you come off like you know what you're doing when you're you know working yeah. with the guest, But... For me, I started out by interviewing friends first because I was also really nervous about doing my interviews. So I wanted to start with people that felt more safe. Like if I messed up on something, I would say, oh, stop, let me re-say that. And they weren't going to think that I'm horrible because they know me really well. So I would recommend start with friends and business buddies, but just make sure that you do pick a topic that's going to be relevant to your audience and what you're going for. Mm -hmm. And then After you interview people, you can always ask, hey, do you know anyone who's great just like you who would love to share their message on this episode? So you can get referrals to other guests from your current guests that you have. And then the other place that's the biggest for me is just going onto Facebook. And you could share publicly on your profile that you're accepting guests and here are the topics or here's the audience who has really relevant ideas to to discuss. You can also find different groups. So I'll give you um, three specific ones. So if you type into Facebook, Podcast Guest Experts, that is a group that you can jump into. And I don't think you even need a podcast Yet, So you can also start using it right away if you want to be interviewed yourself. So mm-hmm. you can also use that as a tool to to find opportunities to be uh, a guest. Yes. So type in podcast guest experts. That's one that I'm in. Uh, another one is just called guest podcast. So it's like facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guest podcast. Mm hmm. And then the third one, this is for the ladies only. <laughs> 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 this one is called She Podcasts. So Elsie Escobar and Jess Kupferman, they are always big have big appearances at Podcast Movement, which is uh, happening next month in July. I'm not sure when this is going live, but it happens uh, in the summertime in the U.S. every year. And they have a community that's incredibly strong. I want to say it's like around a thousand women podcasters. So that's a great place to go and connect with other podcasters and say, hey, I'm looking for guests. They even do a post every Tuesday where you're allowed to pitch yourself to be on other shows. And you're also allowed to say, hey, I'm looking for guests on XYZ who is interested. And if you're looking for guests, you are going to get so many people responding. So just those three places alone in Facebook, you're going to be booked out forever. <laughs> Gold.
0: Absolutely. <Yeah>. Gold. Now, <laughs> um, it. You, I totally agree. It's it's so easy to get guests. I was in another group this week where the um, it was actually a group for speakers, and the admin popped up. You know, uh, does anyone want podcast interviews? And I think mm. there was like a hundred and eighty comments <gasps> within a few hours. It was it was huge, and really? I, you know. Um, yeah. People posted whether they had a podcast looking for guests or the other way around. And it was a big conversation. So it, That's awesome. it's a great
1: way to meet people, right? Yeah. And Sam, can I jump in one more time? before you? If you ask me another question, I don't want to forget this. Yeah. It has to do with booking guests and being efficient and not going crazy like we were just talking about. Yes. I would really recommend that people get a, you can even do a free account at Calendly. It's calendl com. So you can do a free account with just one event and it syncs up with your Google Calendar. It probably syncs up with other calendars too. I only use Google, so I'm not sure what the other ones are. But you can set parameters on what days and times that you're open to doing interviews. And then you can just send people... The link and they can go book a time that works well for them in their calendar. But I have got no time to go back and forth on email for the rest of this week to figure out what time works for a podcast. So like eliminate that back and forth. Also on that note, I really truly, and I learned this the hard way, I would recommend that you batch your interviews on just one day in the week. So pick a day. When I first started, I still do Thursdays, but when I first started I had slots open every single Thursday of the month. And I've now scaled that back to it's usually just like one Thursday a month or even like maybe two Thursdays this month and then nothing for a couple months because I'm really booked out ahead. So I don't I'm not needing a lot of content right now. And I sometimes want to get a mental break. But trust me, 95, 98% of people that you invite on the show are going to be happy to pick a time on the day that it works for you. Do not spread yourself thin trying to accommodate everyone's calendar and be recording Monday through Sunday because you're going to go insane. you're going to batch your efforts.
0: Absolutely. And on top of that, if you don't have a calendar link trying to work out time zone differences, oh oh my goodness, like does my head in. So just take that (laughs) off the table. Yes. Totally go down the calendly, the calendly route. And also it makes it easier for the people you're booking.
1: Oh yeah. But they
0: want a seamless experience as well. Everyone is busy and if you don't have that calendly link someone at the other end might be just like this is too hard. I just couldn't yeah. be going through this.
1: Yeah, you have to look professional or the people you actually want to talk with are just going to not take you as seriously and you're going to lose credibility. So yeah.
0: Oh, you're just sharing so much <laughs> gold, Laura. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so repurposing because mm. I think that this is a, a big piece of the pie that people don't consider and po- because let's face it, we've, and we've already mentioned it a few times, podcasting does take a lot of time. Totally worth it. Absolutely. hundred percent worth it. But if we can get even more mileage out of these mm-hmm. episodes and that's even better. So what are some tips you can give us
1: around repurposing? Yeah. Great question. So, all right. I'm going to start with video. So you don't have to record your podcast with video. And we, in fact, are doing audio only right now, in case anyone's wondering. For for my show, I give the guests the option. I say, do you prefer just audio or do you want to do video? And I let them pick, even the day of, like, you know, Is your, are you having a good hair day? <laughs> um, <laughs> But if you choose to do a video version of your podcast, and it doesn't have to be live, it could be live or not, then you can repurpose that video on YouTube. You could cut clips down and put it on Instagram, on Instagram TV. You can share it on Facebook. So you can repurpose that video, the interview with the video, all over the place where you can share videos. You could even embed it on your website. You can put it in the show notes. So a lot of people might prefer using the video. Also, if you embed it, If you put it in YouTube and then you link back to your website, you're now giving SEO Google juice to your website by having link backs from LinkedIn, or I'm sorry, from YouTube, but LinkedIn too. Uh, (laughs) Well, you could put it on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, why not? Let's put it everywhere. Uh, Now assuming that you don't have video with the audio, you can still actually publish it on YouTube. So I use Libsyn as my host and there's a button. You just click one button and it automatically makes every single episode that I release automatically post to YouTube. Now, when you go and watch it, it's just my logo and the audio. So it's not a very interesting video to watch, but at least it's there and I can still link it back to my website and do all that Google SEO juice too. Wow. Uh, You can, yeah. I have no idea. I use Libsyn and I didn't even know that feature existed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I should say too, if you don't have a podcast yet, uh, if you use the word Laura, L-A-U-R-A, you can get up to two free months on Libsyn. I have a um, a promo code with them, <laughs> so cool. I just remembered that. If you want to check it out, you can even just test it out for two months for free and cancel before the two months are up. If you want to really get to know the insides before you commit to it or whatever. Now, other ways you can repurpose the audio, so you can even do what's called an audiogram. So you could maybe you have like a one minute chunk that you just delivered like amazing. Advice or your guest just like gave some killer sound bite, you can take that audio and then you can put it on top of a static image. And there are these platforms out there you can even use for free. I'm forgetting the names of them, so we might have to just put it in the show notes for later. But it basically is a static image with the audio playing on top of it, but they, they put the little sound waves on top. So it uh-huh. is moving, it's just the sound waves that are moving. And that's something great to share on all social media platforms because it catches people's eye and they'll quote, watch it, even though it's really mainly audio and kind of get a little piece of what you're all about and be more interested to go and listen to the entire episode. And then the third thing I would say is because I'm a big nerd for books and that's my main focus now with helping entrepreneurs is a lot of people get writer's block or they get intimidated around starting a book. But if you have amazing content in the audio form, you can have it transcribed and then use that as a foundation for writing your book or writing a blog. Um, The tool I'll recommend for transcription is trint.com, T-R-I-N-T.com. And that's $15 per audio hour. So if you record an our podcast, you can have it transcribed for 15 bucks and they do it pretty fast. I would say within 24 hours for sure. It's wow. not perfect. You need to polish it up, but you know, if you wanted to turn it into a blog or a book, anyway, you would be doing some reworking and to move pieces around. But it can be a great way to get a lot of your content started and reuse some of the valuable stuff you've already created via your podcast. Totally.
0: And I lo- I love um getting my the girl that does my show notes to pull a blog out of episodes too. Yeah, yeah. So good. So good cuz we're sitting here for, you know, whatever it is, for let's say 45 minutes sharing all of this gold. It can be repurposed in so many mm-hmm. ways. Absolutely. Love that. Wow, you're just absolutely <laughs> blowing my mind! Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> now I know that you've got a free gift for the listeners. Can you? I'd love you to share what this is. This is so yes, exciting!
1: Sure. Yeah. When we were talking before we started, I was telling Sam that I I've got a template of my episode list, my content calendar that I mentioned before. So it's inside of Google spreadsheets. So we'll go to copy that pops.com forward slash the lab. And once you get access into it, you'll be able to view it and you won't be able to edit it. So you're going to be confused. and You're like, I can't change it. But if I let you change it, then other people can't use it. So all you have to do is click on file and then click on make a copy and it'll duplicate it identically inside of your Google Drive, and then you can start editing it and use it for your own. And maybe I'll throw in another little bonus, maybe my uh, one of my email templates that you can steal and start using for your own podcast too. <laughs>
0: you are just awesome. So all of those links, there's a million links here today. I know.
1: You have oh, to go back to the show notes on this one. the
0: side. <laughs> so wonderful. Laura, I, I've absolutely loved talking podcasting with you. I love my podcast. When I first started podcasting, it literally changed my business. For oh, lots of different ways that, that we spoke about at the beginning of the
1: episode. Yes.
0: To call this episode complete, what would you like to leave
1: our listeners with? Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a big question. I would say around the idea, kind of tying back into feeling like you don't like the sound of your own voice. But, you know, there are a lot of mental blocks that come up for all of us when we step into doing something new, whether that's starting a podcast or writing a book or stepping on stage or starting a business that you probably already went through a long time ago. But I would say that the number one solution to everything is to take one small action forward and let it lead to the next and the next and the next. You're never going to become an amazing podcaster if you don't start by being a not amazing podcaster and working your way up to that. So just... Stop worrying about what everyone is saying and worrying about any criticism or haters and bad reviews. It doesn't matter. Just keep going forward and keep your eye on the ball of delivering value to your audience and everything is going to work out even better than you could imagine. Love
0: it. Laura, thank you so much for being such a fantastic guest today, sharing so much value. I'm sure like me, most people will be going back and listening to this episode again, and taking notes and writing down all of the gold that you shared. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people. People who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favourite social account. Just head to SamanthaReilly.global forward podcast click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love and as this show is new i would love 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 you to leave a five-star rating and a review on itunes see you next time in the thought leaders business lab